Do you struggle with mental health or know someone who does? Join Gabrielle and Charisse as they discuss all things mental health. Each episode will be packed with information on coping, healing, and living a well-balanced life. We hope you join us in session. Hello, everybody. This is Gabrielle and Cherise with In Session Podcast, and we are back for another conversation. It has been a long day, Cherise, but we are here. How are you feeling? We are here. We are excited to record another episode. Today's topic is parenting tips for summer. So summer is coming up, and we know the listeners out there, some of you guys have kids. Some of you may not, but it's important to think about routines for the summer, I think. And so where do you want to start? Yeah, I like how we kind of planted our content a little bit about what we wanted to talk about. And so we have four big areas that we're going to touch on. And the first one is our favorite word, which is balance, right? And so it's all about trying to find a balance between your structure and your routine because some parents are still working during the summer, right? Even though the kids are out. And then other times those parents are at home with the kids. And so how do I balance time with my kids, time with myself so that everybody has an enjoyable summer? You Mm -hmm. know, you work with kids a lot. So what do you see? Yeah, I think kids always thrive on structure in summer. For some people, they view it as such an unstructured time because the kids have more things that they can do on their own. The parents still may be working, as Gabrielle said, and so they might leave them to their own devices. And so maybe the kids, um, there's less time where it's filled with activity A, B, and C. They're kind of filling their own time. But as parents, I think it's important to always remember that kids love structure and they thrive on structure. And so keeping structure, not maybe the same as when they're in school, but pretty similar. And so some ideas could be leaving bedtime the same leaving chores and responsibilities the same. And if they're engaged in camps or sports each summer, keeping that on their schedule, but making sure to maybe collaborate with them on what they would like to do as well and not just filling their schedule with a whole bunch of things because there's less routine from school. That is very true. And I think that's kind of what maybe derails some families is because when school is in session, we know we've got to get up at a certain time. And so maybe at six o'clock, 630, et cetera. But they're getting up, we know that they're off at school. It's almost like a built-in routine, and so there's not a lot of thought that has to go into it. I also think kids come to expect that because they're like, oh, I'm going to school. And then for some kids, when summer comes, they're like, wait a minute, why can't I sleep, you know, never? Or why do I, you know, why can't I watch TV all night or play with my tablet? And so it's getting this expectation. And so one of the things we have there is setting expectations even for the children about maybe what their responsibilities are, but also what the summer rules are. Do you feel like families should have maybe a set of during the school year rules and then summer rules or how should it work? I think so. And you're right. Kids will always ask questions like, why can I do this or why can I do that? And so a popular one is like, why can I just play my games all day? I worked hard in school and not negating the fact that you have worked hard in school, but we still need to have structure. We still, excuse me, need to have expectations and boundaries. And so I do, I think kids will push those boundaries. What was your question? No, yeah. It just kind of, (laughs) if you think they need to have separate rules, like sets of, you know. Yeah, I think during school, um, parents may have more expectations as far as grades and what they expect their kid to do day to day. And maybe the weekend is more time for them to have free time and spend time with their friends and things like that. And maybe they have to earn certain things based on how they do in school. And so I think summer there's, it's difficult to gauge, you know, 
those type of expectations if you are making it reliant on how they're performing. Yeah. And so summer can be difficult because they're not really engaged in something that yeah. may rate their performance. And so I think having those is different expectations could be important. I think in the summer, expectations could be relaxing. So summer is a time for okay. relaxing, but it can also be a time for more family bonding if you didn't have time to do that during the school year or just time to get your kid engaged in something new or something that like piques their interest that they don't always have time to do during the school year. What do you think? Absolutely, I agree. And I'm always a big fan of taking what works and maybe just modifying it for different situations. And so I even think it's okay that if during the school year y'all found a rhythm that tended to work, whether it was with snacks or with lunches or things like that or playtime or after school things, you can still kind of keep that same thing going. And so for some families, it may be that, hey, at school every day, they have quiet time from a certain you know period of the day to, to another. You can keep that at home if it works well for mm-hmm. them. So if you know like, hey, they're going to be very excited the top half of the day, they're going to want to play, we do some activities but every day they have an hour, hour and a half quiet time, you could still keep that implemented. And so if you don't already kind of know what your child does during the school year, and then maybe look at, are there certain parts that I can carry over to the summer that they respond well to, you know? Yeah, and that makes it less anxiety provoking or less difficult when we're transitioning to going back into the school year. Sometimes people will think, oh, the summer, you know, there is a lot of time. We have a lot of time to get prepared, but it can really fly by, especially when there's a lot of vacations and unstructured time that you're doing things that don't require a lot of thinking, like you're just having leisure time. It can fly by. And by the time you know it, summer's over and we're getting prepared to go back to school. And if kids don't have structure or boundaries or somewhat of a routine, I think it's harder for them to get adjusted into the school year. And that's when we see maybe they're very tired or they're very Mm -hmm. grumpy in the morning whereas you know before they didn't have any issues with that because they were doing it all school year and so as parents I think taking that responsibility even when your kids may not understand Mm -hmm. or may not like it or agree with it is to set those expectations and boundaries absolutely and to some degree I think structure should be habitual it should be inherent so that if there are ever deviations from that it's almost like a treat every now and again, as opposed to there's a long period of time that I get derailed from what I'm used to and then I've got to readjust. Because what you're talking about is if like from all of June, all of July and part of August, they aren't going to bed at a regular time or there is no maybe boundaries or rule setting throughout the day, you then put them back in school where a teacher has like, okay, you got to sit still for a certain period of time or, oh, you have to wash your hands before you play, something like that. If they're not used to it, they can have a really hard time adjusting at the top of the year, which we can prevent sometimes if we just simply keep certain things going even during the summer. And so one of the things you noted was that we can keep some things exactly the same, whether it's going to bed at a certain time, if it's certain chores, technology limits, which I see a lot during the summer because it's easy to say, hey, here's a tablet or here's a TV, but maybe not doing that. And for my parents that work, yes, if you have kids that are old enough to stay home by themselves and so they're not in a summer camp or they're not doing any extracurriculars, they can just stay at home and monitor themselves. What I find is that they're left to their own devices and so they're allowed to get on certain things and the parents feel really out of control with that. But there are parental controls. Mm. There are time limits that you can put even on the TV where it goes off after a certain time or just encouraging them to do different things. So maybe you drive them to, you know, their friend's house or something and you pick them up or just creating a schedule that works with them not forcing them, I think, to do things, but collaborating with them to see what would pique their interest because you don't want them to fight 
you either every day of doing certain things but you also want them to have a good balance of being able to do things that they're entertained by and engage with but also having their free unstructured time and so devices aren't bad they can have their device time but maybe setting a limit that you know allows them to have interest in other things other than just sitting and playing video games or watching tv throughout their week absolutely and for any parents that are listening Something that is necessary but can be difficult is modeling how you want technology to be used in your home because, granted, for some of us, if we're still working, maybe you did get home from work and you want to be on your phone for a little bit or you want to watch some TV or catch up in that way. There's nothing wrong with that. I do think, though, kids learn sometimes by seeing. And so even if it is your downtime, you don't want all of the time that you're at the house to be in front of your phone, your tablet, your computer, the TV, because all they're going to associate is, well, this is what I see her doing. Your kid may not see you at work kind of like unplugged from those things. And so they may not be getting the message that, oh, I don't have to be in front of a screen all the time. And so maybe even as the parent setting limits for yourself to model that, and maybe we wait till the kids go to bed to, you know, get back on that computer or to watch that show just so that they're seeing us also be present in the moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Being present in the moment is so important. I read something about technology, if you're struggling with this, that kids monitoring their own usage is important. And so maybe even giving them a time limit for the right. whole week and letting them monitor it, monitor it on their own. And then after it runs out, yeah. they have to decide what they want to do. And so they could like manage their time really well or they can manage their time really poorly, but it's up to them. Because I'll hear some kids say, well, you bought it for me, right? It's mine. And while you did buy it for them, whether that's like a PlayStation or Xbox, their phone, you are still in control of what their limits are and how much they spend on it. And so you want them to be able to be engaged elsewhere, but you also want to have them learn how to make that choice for themselves. Because if you're making it for them, once again, it can become that fight. Absolutely. And I love the idea of giving kids choices and helping them learn how maybe one to make them, but also how to respond when maybe they make a choice that, you know, ends up not working in their favor. And as the parent, that's a really great teaching tool. And I think part of that helps them not just in the summertime, but even as they go back to school, because in in school, a lot of times teachers want the kids to have autonomy. They want them to get along with their friends, things like that. And so this skill building of independence, making choices, having consequences for that, putting them in control in that way can really help them make better decisions long term. Right. The beginning of the school year is like stressful enough to begin with because they have a new teacher, they're learning their Mm -hmm. new environment, making friends, so some social skills. And so I love working on certain things over the summer, like skill building that you don't even recognize, maybe skill building, that'll help them thrive in the next school year. And so something else that we wrote down was taking what they've learned in the previous school year and using that. And so if you have a a smaller child and they're learning their ABCs, well, maybe you make them practice their name each day, right? So they don't forget it. If If you forget things or if you don't use your brain in that way, you're brain will forget Mm -hmm. and so it'll make it that much stressful for the next school year and so if they're learning letters making them practice their letters sing their abcs you know allow them to have fun with it but also maybe some structured time of we're going to sit down and practice this so that by next school year you still remember it and you can build on it yeah and that kind of bleeds into our second category of finding areas for engagement for your kids. And I like that you said make learning fun because there are ways we can do that. Mm-hmm. Certainly, you don't have to go out and become like a one-on-one educator or anything like that. But finding ways to incorporate what they've learned, what they want to continue to learn and grow from, and then making it fun. You know, there's mm-hmm. lots of fun stuff you can do during the summer, whether it's 
water balloons, chalk, getting outside, going to the beach, the park, etc. And so maybe making games of things that are both enriching academically, but also socially and emotionally. And it's okay to look for ways to get them plugged in. So I know sometimes kids want to do like summer camps or sports, Mm -hmm. things like that. How do you feel about that during the summertime? I think that's a great thing for kids. They could make relationships with other kids. And so social skills is a very big thing. Some kids will go back to school and they're very nervous. And so then building on that skill of making new friends Mm -hmm. over the summer, because summer camp can be different kids all the time. You can enroll someone, you can enroll them in a different camp. And so it's always a different environment. They have different activities, different field trips and stuff like that. And so the social skills, I think, is so big. I think what happens, and I think we've seen this during COVID too, when kids were home a lot, they were engaging over social media and that's not Mm. always a bad thing but the more that they get used to doing that the more intimidating it feels to engage socially in person and so thinking about starting a whole new school year with um, some peers might be from the previous school year like they might be in your class but it might be students that you haven't had relationships with and so learning how to keep those skills from the summer and build on them and the next school year I think is important and I think summer camps are nice too because it gives kids things that they can't necessarily do all the time yeah when they're in school. And so I know there's a lot of swimming activities. They can even learn how to swim. Mm -hmm. And some of these, they can go outside and go on field trips. There's so many different things that they can do that if you're working as a parent is beneficial because you might not have time to take them. And it might be things that your kid is interested in. So I know around here, there's an art camp that happens every single summer. And unfortunately, there's only certain age groups that can do it. And so you age out of it. But if you don't have an art class at your school mm-hmm. or if you don't have like extracurricular time to do that when you're in the school year, that camp is really cool for yeah. kids. Yeah. And I like finding different interests and le- letting them kind of build on that and to explore because I think what happens a lot of times is that summer can only be thought of as like, oh, I'm out of school and I don't have to learn anything and I have to do this or do that. But it really could be a almost like a stepping stone to their next evolution, to their next development. As you said, working on those social skills, learning how to be present, how to catch up. I think one of the things I love about the summertime is there tends to be this sense of lackadaisicalness, right? Like Mm -hmm. things move a little bit slower. Maybe we're not as rigid, like, oh, okay, yeah, we can get that scoop of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, this or that. But I think those are really good moments to learn how to stay present. Because even during the school year, I think we get so rushed of they got to go to this Mm -hmm. activity and they have to go to school and they have this party that we get used to that anxious feeling of having to go from one thing to the next. And so I kind of like summer as a time to reset, recenter, and maybe pick a pace that we want to continue, you know? And so kind of your point of art camps and things like that, what if they really enjoy doing art? And that's something that we could do, you know? Yeah, that is such a good point because I feel like sometimes parents in the summer will schedule based on their work. So whether you're working or not, if you're working, you might put your child in a summer camp that goes from eight to five, which is the time that you're working, not realizing that they're overscheduling them from eight to five when that parent is working because the kid is not used to that during a regular school day. Mm. They might not do after school or they might, you know, have other activities. And so the day camp every day is a lot longer than what they're used to. But the parents, because they have to work, it's not anybody's fault, but they have to work. And so they might schedule a lot of activities to keep the child engaged because they can't be at home by themselves. And so the child might be, exhausted or tired but the parents don't really have another option and so that's something where I see over scheduling but also sometimes parents will be home for the summer they also have a job that may line up with the school schedule and so they're at home and they think their child is doing a lot of nothing Mm. 
And so they're over overscheduled their child that way by that way by putting them in a lot of activities, and that also leads to that overexertion. And so I think when you think about summer, the way that you were framing it, it's kind of laid back and it's not yeah. so rushed. But sometimes parents can unintentionally or because of their work schedule have to kind of match it to what yeah. their work schedule is like, and it can still be that pace of yeah. a quicker pace. Absolutely. And I think with overscheduling, we see it a lot potentially in the summer because it's very clear of they're not in school. And because they're not in school, it's like, okay, how am I going to occupy them while I'm at work? Whereas when they're in school, like, oh, well, you got to go to school and, you know, you got to go do this. And so it almost goes from obligation to, well, now it's a, it's a choice. Like, you're going to go do this camp. And I think when kids get overscheduled, they may not say it of like, hey, mom, I'm feeling really overscheduled. But you may see it in their behavior, maybe in their irritation or their exhaustion. Oh, do I have to do this? Do I have to go? And sometimes it's okay to say, you know what? No, you don't have to go. No, we don't have to do. Because overscheduling gets overwhelming, even as adults. Can you think about when your calendar is really full and you're like, I just want a break, you know? Yeah, and you're absolutely right. It will show in their behavior. They might have more uncharacteristic behavior, like not wanting to wake up or just feeling really down, feeling really overwhelmed, um, throwing more temper tantrums Mm -hmm. or having fights with their friends. Like things will show in their behavior. And so if you're a parent just assessing what your child is feeling or what their behavior is telling you and then making a plan from there. I think one of the most important things for summer can be collaborating as a family. And so what do we hope to achieve out of the summer? Sometimes it will be a more slow paced summer and that's okay based on everyone's availability to do that. But sometimes it may be really packed. Like we might have a lot of vacations, we might have a lot of family to go visit. Maybe yeah. friends moved away and we want to go visit them. And so there could be different goals for each summer. But I think having the whole family be in on that and decide on what it is we want this summer to be like and how can we do behaviors that will achieve that. I love goal setting, especially as a family, because depending on you know how young your kids are, how old, you're going to get a variety of goals. But maybe try to find a way to incorporate that because you could ask a three-year-old like, hey, what's our goal for the summer? And they may say, I want to eat ice cream every day. Right. <laughs> no, not saying you have to oblige that, but it really works to get their input, to collaborate as a family and find ways to make it fit for everybody. You know, And I think, again, that helps them build that autonomy, that independence, and also it becomes an enjoyable time. So have you been seeing those things where it's like, I'm creating a core memory for like either my dog or my kids, oh my right? You could use the summer or any time, obviously, to create those core memories like what is my family known for? How do we spend our time? How do we engage? How do we connect? And I think the summer is a great time for a lot of people to remember that because, again, maybe during the school year you aren't paying as much attention to that. So if you don't get anything else out of this pay a little bit more attention and create those core memories. Yeah, and core memories are unique to each family. And so, like Gabrielle was saying, it's collaborative. And so each each member of the family might have a different answer. But how can y'all create a shared goal that everyone can feel happy with? And I see sometimes with families, they'll compare to what other people are doing or even just individuals of like, it looks like they had a great summer. They went here and there. And it feels like you have to copy that to have fun, Mm. but you really don't. Your family... And what's fun to your family might be different from the next, but it's important to have that collaboration so that everyone can feel heard and everyone feels like they're on the same page as far as what their summer is going to bring them. Absolutely. And part of that as well is when you're looking at expectations of what other families are doing, you know, that really creates this feeling of discontent in your own ability to enjoy wherever you are, because there are some families that are going to vacation a lot or, you know, they're going to be doing this activity or that activity. And maybe you can't do that. You don't have the time, the finances, et cetera. 
And if you get distracted by that, you will actually spend part of your summer, oh man, I couldn't do this and I'm not a great parent. Or, oh man, my kids aren't going to have a good time. When you could actually create fun, fun exactly where you are. I kid you not, you would be surprised at how the littlest things can make kids and families connect and have a great time. Not saying that great trips can't do that, but sometimes it's being in the backyard, it's making a fort inside the house or driving in a car somewhere. It does not have to be big and extravagant to be memorable, you know? Yeah, I think kids value connection. And so anything that connects you to them is very important to them. And so like Gabrielle was saying, if they like building forts, if they really like playing in the backyard, Mm -hmm. like getting out there with them and spending time doing that. I know in the summer for parents and adults, it's a lot of downtime as well, like things that we can do for ourselves that we don't have time to Mm -hmm. otherwise. But your kid is feeling that same way. And it'd be a great way of y'all to connect over that or just bond over something that you can't really do when the school year is in or when the work year right. is going and everything's so fast paced. And so really valuing what your child is wanting to do and getting into their world a little bit, it kind of, it sounds silly, but being really childish mm-hmm. with them, like if they like the fort, like getting on the floor and helping them build the fort, using their imagination, times like that, your kids will definitely yeah. remember. And I think you also will remember that too, because you can't always just do that on the fly like summer may have more opportunity to do that and so take the opportunity when it's there absolutely I don't know if you've seen this but it's kind of it's called like a yes day yes (laughs) okay so Sharice works a lot with kids and so I'm going to default to her for a second but you know do you feel like summer's a great time to try these yes days what are your thoughts things like that I'm laughing because my sister asked my mom to do a yes day and she's like (laughs) in her 20s so (laughs) mom's like no (laughs) but yeah I think oh my goodness a yes day can show you what your child has always been wanting okay or what type of connection they want with you so some of the yes days might include you some of it might be ridiculous things like let me ice cream in the morning and yes say yes because life is short and allow them to do that but it's also like I want to go to the library with you today or I want to go to the pool with you today and that shows how Mm -hmm. much they want to spend time with you or just connect with you and so yes days are very cool and I think in the summer there's more things to do for kids so like there's more activities more things that they might be interested in more things to do outside and so I think there's boundaries of course like you can't like have ice cream probably for every minute of the day that's not healthy for you but like setting boundaries but allowing them to have that free reign and show like let that show you what they're wanting absolutely and maybe with that yesterday as well it's a lesson of maybe not taking things as serious and again we're not saying that you can't have expectations or boundaries for your kids but sometimes it's considering do I want to be less strict today do I want to say yes kind of relax a little bit of my defaults and just see where the day takes us and I think sometimes it's in how we respond to the kids because you may say okay yes we're going to have a yes day and maybe they break something or they spill something. And normally that really just sets you off or you're like, oh, I knew this was a bad idea. Maybe taking a step back and saying, you know what, there might be some inconveniences along the way, whether that's a yes day or not. But I'm going to embrace this inconvenience. I'm going to really try to be present. And I think I see this as really, really important because when kids get older, if they're always met with angst or frustration or disappointment when they make a mistake they break something or something like that they then internalize that and they respond that way when they get older and so if you're listening to this and you're getting ready to spend more extended time with your kids I'm going to challenge you try to stay present also try to stay calm 
That's not to say that things aren't going to happen that may ruffle your feathers, be inconvenient, be upsetting in some way. But I want to see if we can respond a little bit differently so that they can have a different internal response when that happens later on in life. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that's such a great takeaway for this episode. And you brought it up multiple times just to being present. I think summer is the best time to be present because the, the world is a little bit slower paced. People are in a better mood. Well, most people that like summer, <laughs> the heat can get to people. But a lot of people, there's a lot of people outside and there's a lot of connection. And so I think it's it's a good time to practice that mindfulness. And so if you ever thought about mindfulness and like, I would like to be more present in my yeah. life, summer is a great time to try that out because there's less distractions. From the day to day, there's always things that we have to do. And your kids might not have such a long to-do list. And if you're a parent, them having less to do means you have less to do and so (laughs) being present maybe is more available for you in the summer and so taking that time to say what can I bring my attention to today is it going to be having a yes day with my kid is it going to be making memories is it going to be you know just forming this connection and and just being mindful and so I think that would be my takeaway anything else to add no I I think that's really really great try to collaborate set those goals keep what works right add to that as needed but Use this time to be intentional and to connect. And in the process, relax a little bit. Try to enjoy because these moments do pass pretty fast. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy your summer. I love summer, so happy summer. And we'll be back for more next time. Thank you guys for listening. Bye.